is Mark Seppi with Plot Points Podcast. Uh, we are very thrilled to have a great guest today. His name is D.P. Lyle. He is a cardiologist, a consultant to TV and film, and also uh, an amazing writer, which is somewhat what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to leave it open. Doug, how are you? Good to see you. Great. Good to see you, Mark. Yeah. Thank you for, for being on the podcast. It's really a treat. So I, I, let's start out with the the obvious. What's a cardiologist? I mean, I know that there are doctors and lawyers who write, but what's a cardiologist doing writing so much? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I grew up in the South, so I always say that down there, if you can't tell a story, they won't feed you. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I grew up around people who could spin a yarn and tell a joke. And, uh, you know, it's uh, my mom uh, could tell a story. She just never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> My dad was could could spin a good yarn. My sisters could. Uh, everybody I knew could, and it's just kind of part of the Southern tradition that you. There's no simple answers. There's a story involved, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I always had stories I wanted to tell, and I could tell a story. I, I could sit and tell you stories all day long and and make them fun, but I decided I wanted to write them. Well, that's a different animal, mm-hmm. and so uh, I always said when I retire, I'll write. Mm-hmm. But then 25 years ago, I said, well, you know, her, retirement's not even on the horizon. I mean, I'm still not retired. So uh, I said, if not now, when? And I took classes at University of California, Irvine, some night school stuff there and, uh, and joined a couple of writing groups, fictionaires and a couple of others and just mm-hmm. started writing. And the mm-hmm. rest is history. You know, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, well, I mean, that's saying that's. Yeah, what I don't even know what that's under under underselling it, uh, burying the lead. Twenty eight books, right? Is that that I count? Twenty twenty three is coming out. Okay, I thought I what did I count twenty eight from? It's probably a three that looks like an eight (laughs) because your eyes are like mine. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I wrote them down. Uh, I have them somewhere here. Uh, Anyway, what does it? There's twenty three books and there's four or five short stories. So that oh okay yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I don't, I don't know. I thought you had, well, anyway, and you write both fiction and nonfiction. Your nonfiction, is it primarily crime driven? Sure. Okay. Forensic science uh, and medical science, uh, uh, mainly to help writers. Yeah. Forensics for dummies. Um, yeah. You got a bunch of forensic, more forensics uh, and fiction. I'm looking at your website. I'm looking at your you're, you have a little, uh, little uh, I- image of a, a yeah. uh, uh, books. Well, I wrote, two, I wrote two forensics books, the How Done It forensic series that, uh-huh. that Writers Digest did. I think they were bought out recently, and then Forensics for Dummies. And then I have three question and answer books, which are filled with questions that writers have sent me over the years, and then the answers that I gave them how to use whatever science they needed in their story, that kind of thing. Yeah, I have that book. It's great. It it really is great. I have also one of your, I think it's one of your Jake Longley books. Yeah, Um, yeah. What, uh, so you have, you have a couple series out, uh, you know, uh, I shouldn't swear on the podcast. Then I have to mark it different. Um, (laughs) no, I, you know, I had them all written down and I don't know what I did. There's, there's the Jake Longley comedic series and then there's the Kane Harper. That's more dark and, and, True thrillers and, uh, and then I got a couple of old series, but, uh, but these are the two active series. Mm, okay. There was a, an anthology that you edited called, uh, uh, all about the story, I think. It yeah, was. yeah, yeah. Southern California Writers Association. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, uh, um, that was fun. 
Yeah, that was a good anthology. It was really, really diverse. Did I you- thought people sent us, I, I was really impressed with the stories that we received mm-hmm. and it was kind of hard to whittle it down because there were so many other stories we left on the cutting room floor that mm-hmm. could have easily been in there. But you know, space is space and you got, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, the good news. I mean, I've, I've been involved in self publishing for a year or two now. And the good news for, for, for the world is you don't, I, you guys went through a legitimate publisher, a legitimate, right. you know, brick and mortar kind of publisher. Right, exactly. I've been going through, I've been using Amazon's print on demand and stuff, sure. which works really well. So, uh, what did you, what did you feel your, your, the hardest was the hardest thing as editor? Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm going through some stuff now, but I mean, was the hardest thing about editor was, uh, making suggestions or telling people no, or what was, what was the most difficult part of um, that job? No, I mean, I, uh, fortunately, they were members of, uh, of the organization that kind of buffered me from that a little bit. Oh, okay. But I just got, uh, uh, they weeded out some of the stories and I took the rest of them and then decided, but I tried to, to leave the stories alone as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, there are places that you had to change a few things or ask them to change a few things and, mm-hmm. uh, mainly mm-hmm. just, you know, mainly typos and stuff like that. But, uh, because, you know, I, I, I trust everybody to tell their story the way they want to tell their story. Uh, obviously you have a responsibility to, to make it publishable and readable. Mm-hmm. But when you've got like 30 stories to choose from, you have a lot of, of, of fuel there. Mm-hmm. And, and if something's, you know, just not well written, then it's not going to get in the anthology. Yeah. You know, uh, if it's close, then yeah, you know, make a few suggestions, but I try to, I try to stay out of that. Mm. Uh, what? Like I'm not very critical of Hollywood. You know, well, they, they do, they do stuff on TV that just, you know, you're like, you idiot, you know, but I give them a break because what is, it's telling a story. Yeah. It's, you know? it's Hollywood. Exactly. So yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been, I've been in Hollywood for 30 years and I just, um, it never ceases to, uh, amaze or disappoint you, uh, in equal measure. So uh, exactly, exactly. What, um, what inspires you? Um, something fun. You know, if I come up with an idea or, or a, a, a scene that's fun, Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'll see where it goes. Um, I used to outline, I outlined my first couple of series quite heavily and then wrote from the outline. Of course, mm-hmm. the outline was a moving target. It changed all the time. And uh, mm-hmm. as the story went on, you realize that that's stupid and this works better and let go, let's move this direction, not that direction. I think it's just part of the writing process. But when I started the two Royal Pains book that I wrote, and then all the Jake books, which I just sent off the seventh one mm. two days ago. Congratulations. It'll be a year from now. Wow. Uh, and the, and the Kane Harper books. Maybe I just had a scene in mind, maybe two mm-hmm. or three scenes, but I basically had a scene in mind and I just sat down and started writing. Mm-hmm. And I let the story, something... I let the story go to where it wants to go. Okay. You know? So you're a pantser. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, not a not necessarily a planner. However, I, I must say I use Scrivener to write. I love oh, I, Scrivener. Yeah, I love what Scrivener. A great program. Yeah. It so is. I will I will put notes on like the six or eight chapters that are coming up mm-hmm. because I've thought about them. You know, I'm doing this. Well, then it's going to go here. It's going to go. Here. So I just scribble those down. You know, in the in the little how you do in Scrivener, and and then I start writing. So it's kind of outlining, but it's not really outlining. Mm-hmm. I do not know 
who all the bad guys are. I do not know who all the characters are. I do not know the path the story is going to take. And often I do not really know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of the time, I don't know how it's going to end. I just know the good guys are going to win. The bad guys are going to lose. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't really know where the story is going until you get there. Yeah, and uh, it, it, Or you can start with the end. You have a good ending in mind. And now I'll say, where do I start this story to mm-hmm. get there? Mm-hmm. But I find that more restricting. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't outline at all. In fact, I teach script writing and I don't teach outlining at all. I right. tell them this is. You yeah. know, aim for a, aim for a tentpole. Right. So I should mention this is Plot Points podcast. My name is Mark Sevy. I'm with here with uh, author, consultant, cardiologist D.P. Lyle. His Jake Longley uh, seventh book is probably when. When do you anticipate that? Well, it'll probably be spring, spring of 2024 because the oh. sixth one's just coming out in May. Oh, okay. This year, so okay. uh, I right. try to stay ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can find us at, uh, you can call us at 919 scripts, which is 919-727-4787 and leave a message or a suggestion. Or you can find us anywhere where, uh, we're on Apple. There's a website, plotpoints.com that I put up for the, for the podcast, but we're on Apple. And now you, you, I'm with DP Lyle, who's just a great guy. I love, 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 um, your work, but do you have a podcast too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, called uh, it's called like, Criminal Mischief: The Art yeah. and Science of Crime Fiction, and uh, I don't interview people. Uh, Jan Burke and I had a radio show for like three and a half years. We did like right. seventy shows, right? And and getting all everybody together, all the cats in the room, so to speak, and getting the thing recorded. And back then, we were using Blog Talk Radio, so mm. it was like recorded live, if you will. Uh, so it was very restrictive. Anyway, so it required herding cats to get all that done, and and we had kind of covered all the the real factual things in forensic science, you know, the guys who do it, the, the, the professionals. And so I decided I would just want, I want to do a podcast because I want to talk about medical and forensic science that is of interest to writers, not a textbook or anything like that, but you know, this topic, let's talk about this topic and how does it fit into story and how can you use it for a story? Mm-hmm. And plus then talk about the, the craft of writing, you know, mm-hmm. and from my point of view, the, you know, what I know. You know, for doing this for all these years and teaching it all these years, it doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. Doesn't mean somebody else is right. Somebody else is wrong. Everybody's got an opinion on it, and you can't have too many opinions about how to tell a story. Yeah, you know, it's that's uh, true. Yeah, the more you, the more you, the more you're exposed to, the better you become. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Great. That's why you have to read to write. (laughs) You absolutely have to read to write. Yeah, Woody Allen. Uh, even though he's not currently in favor with most people said that if you, if all you do is watch movies, you'll never write a great movie. Uh, you have to read. Yeah. You have to. So the radio show was called Crime and Science Radio and I'm, it, it's available on your website. Yeah. If you go to my website, uh, dplylmd.com, if you go there, you can connect to the podcast, to my blog, to the radio shows. They're all archived. Suspense magazine, uh, suspense publishing did it for us. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, uh, John Robb was the host mm-hmm. and they, uh, so they, they've got them all stored and, and they're all accessible. And I'm going to tell you, they're fantastic. We talked to some great, great people in the industry, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and that's more the real story from the real people. Yeah. Some of the topics, um, facial recognition technologies, dangerous instincts in interview with the senior FBI profiler. Yep. Now, does that ever 
does that ever, I mean, you're being a cardiologist, my Lord, uh, what that must be like, the emotions that, that, you know, you go through in an, in a normal business day or a normal business month. But, do, you know, does the research or the talking with these people, does that ever affect you? Does it impact you at all? Oh. Hold on well, I mean, of course it does. I mean, everything that happens in your life affects you somehow. And, you know, in, in medicine, particularly in high velocity medicine, a lot of ERs, ICUs, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, half the people on the planet die of heart disease. So you interface with that all the time, you know, uh, and families and, and, you know, the, 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 once the person has passed, you know, dealing with the family. I mean, there's a million things. Mm-hmm. And so I could, I, there's a thousand patients that have stuck with me over the years that I remember very, very, very well, mm. you know, and then there's thousands and thousands of others that kind of faded into the background, mm-hmm. but all of them affect you in some way. Right. They can't affect you at the time. They have to affect you later at the time. You got something to do. You, right. you, this is a problem. It's got to, it can't be fixed tomorrow. It's got to be fixed now. Mm-hmm. It can't even be fixed in 10 minutes. It's got to be fixed right now. You got to do it right now. So you don't have time to think about all the ancillary issues later. You know, you sit down and say, wow, wow, that was, that was pretty heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Does, uh, uh, do you never wanted to write a doctor character? I did in one of my Sam books, Samantha Cody series, the last one, original sin. Sam was kind of the, co-protagonist with a female cardiovascular surgeon set in a town in Tennessee. But Sam's books are, all have a little bit of woo-woo to them. You know, they, did this really happen or was this metaphysical? You know, mm-hmm. none of my other stuff does that, and I don't write that stuff. Uh, but, I, you know, I think that you got people out there like, you know, the late, great Michael Palmer, who I miss, what mm-hmm. a great man, mm-hmm. uh, Tess Garrison, Robin Cook. You know, you got people out there that have been writing in that for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. And then I have to deal with doctors every day and I find them boring. Oh, yeah. So um, I, uh, and besides, as a physician, maybe it's because I spent all these years in cardiology, you don't get scared. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not understand it, but you don't get scared. I mean, you know, if you've seen a, a three-year-old circling a drain and you're trying to get the rhythm straightened out, you know, there's it, 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 not much else that's going to scare you. Yeah. you know, a monster in the closet sure will. But <laughs> but the point is, is that, and plus, you're used to getting in trouble and getting out of trouble and solving problems and, and creating, you know, solving the crisis. On the hot I seat. Find that, I find that, that, that they're, I like average people mm-hmm. who get involved in very unaverage situations because it's much more stressful. It's one of the reasons I set most of my stories in small towns. Mm-hmm. It's more impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, is, uh, if something happens in LA, it's like, you know, it yeah. might not even make the newspaper. If it does, it's a 30 second page. Something happens in a town of 5,000. I mean, you know, it sweeps through the town like a virus. Everybody's affected. Everybody's affected. Right. Um, so is there something, I mean, what have you not accomplished in your either writing career or consulting career or, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, let, let me step, take a step back. Have you written, uh, screenplays? You know, I wrote one way back of my very first book just to see how to do it. Uh huh. And just to get a feel for the rhythm of it. And I've taken several screenwriting classes and stuff because I think it helps with storytelling. Absolutely. I think, I think episodic TV, uh, there's such a slave to structure that I think it would drive me crazy because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it does, you know, you, right here, this is where the commercial is. You got to stop right here. Yeah, and yeah. I understand that. And there's an art to that. 
but I read screenplays. I find them fascinating to read because I, I write visually and I can see what's going on. And I, I kind of like it. I, I like it. People think it's easy and it oh, is. God, it's no. very easy to write a screenplay. It is very difficult to write a good screen. There you go. That's you the know? difference. Absolutely. And that's the difference. It's very hard work because mm-hmm. you have to be very, very, very concise. You have to be very focused. Each scene has to be focused. Mm-hmm. And so when they don't dong and go to the next scene, you know, uh, you got to get in and get out. Yeah. You got to yeah. get in late and get out early. And Absolutely. I mean, that's just the way it is. And you should do that with writing. You know, and I tell writers all the time, the one person, if you're going to write crime fiction, you need to read and learn from is Elmore Leonard. Oh, God. He has no fat in his stories. You know, now you're going to flesh your story out a lot more than Elmore did. Trust me, Mm -hmm. because you're not Elmore. And he could write so cleanly and so concisely that it's kind of like, you know, he left 90 things out, but it doesn't bother you because you kind of know, okay, we're moving on. We got this. Yep. Yeah. And he teaches you to write lean. I think reading screenplays teaches you to write lean. Absolutely. And, you know, I tell novelists when I speak at any any writer's group, if you can write a screenplay, you can write a better novel because you have to learn what to leave out. You have to learn how to focus, like exactly what you said, focus. Plus, you don't have you don't have the Typically, I mean, you can use voiceover, but you don't have the ability to go into inner narrative like in a book. Exactly. Uh, so it's now, um, but you got other tools. Yeah. You have well, the visual, you have absolutely. the sound, you have the, you know, that stuff that you can draw in. So you don't have to describe all that stuff because it's right there in front of you. Right. So it's, you know, they both got their pluses There's, and minuses. Absolutely. You know, I've got a couple of my novels I, I think would make great movies. And I've thought about sitting down and writing screenplays about them, but you know, it, it's time consuming and, 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 that's not what I do, and, and I know how hard it is to get a screenplay on somebody's desk. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, writing it is only a, a, a tenth of the battle or whatever. You got, it's then not you even gotta, a tenth, I don't uh, think. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> So, okay, so uh, given that, uh, is there something uh, something you haven't done that you want to do? Is there a, a series or a character or anything like that? Is there do you, do you have a wish list or a bucket bucket list for your writing? Yeah, you know, New York Times bestseller list is always that. Win, <laughs> win an Edgar Award. I've, I've been nominated twice, but I'd like to win one of those. Yeah, but you want a shit ton of awards. Good. My God. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, the Edgar's kind of it. You know, I... I um, I want to write a literary novel someday, mm. uh, even though, uh, I might find it too tedious for me to do mm. that. Mm. But I, you know, just, to, just to learn those chops, just to learn how to write a little differently and look at things. I have a historical novel that I've written little bits and pieces on and it's set in the Civil War. Oh, nice. And it's a, it's a, it's a, a guy trying to track down John Mosley, the, 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 uh, the gray ghost at, uh, mm. cause he's going to be, he's been assigned by Stonewall Jackson to be his medic, if you will, but they mm. got to find him first. Mm. And finding John Mosley was not easy. Mm. Uh, his, his guys could slip and run. They were, they were the, the epitome of guerrilla warfare. Mm. But anyway, it, I, that, and it's kind of more literary ish, mm-hmm. but you know, I, it's just finding the time to do it. And, yeah. and so many other things going on. It's, uh, how long does it take you to write a, a tip one of your novels? Mm, counting all the edits and stuff, six months. Six months. That's pretty. Yeah, I try to write fast. two a year. That's I try to write two a year. You're a McCavity Benjamin 
Franklin Silver Award winner. Edgar, you've been nominated twice. Seamus, Agatha, Anthony, Scribe, USA Today Best Book Award. I mean, if you go to his website, uh, dplylmda.com, just just try to, uh, you know, the one that really intrigued me the most, I wanted to ask you a little bit about it. I haven't read it, is the Jules Verne essay. What inspired that? Wow. It's, uh, they, uh, ITW came out with this thing, uh, 100 great thrillers that they wanted to do. And so they sent out a list to, to us members, uh, mm-hmm. of ITW and said, so does, does anybody have a personal connection or an interest or anything and want to write about that? They had already made the selection of the, of the 100, 100 great thrillers they were going to do. And, and as soon as I saw, uh, Mysterious Island, I said, me, me, me. When I was a kid, I remember I, I, I lived in Huntsville, Alabama, and, and I at junior high school football practice, and, and I'd always after practice at like five o'clock, I'd walk downtown, which is like four blocks from the from the stadium where we practiced, to the library. It was one of those old Carnegie libraries, you know, with mm-hmm. the lions and all that stuff. They mm-hmm. tore it down because they're morons, but uh, but it's, it's <laughs> gone now. And I would go in there, and I would you know finish my homework if I had any, which usually I'd already done it by then. But uh, I'd sit there. So one day I'm sitting in there, and I looked around. And I said, "Oh, there's books in here." So I wandered down an aisle, and I found I got to Jules Verne's, and I found Journey to the Center of the Earth, and I mm-hmm. picked it up, and I sat down. I was like 13, 14 years old. So I started reading it, and uh, then dad came in and said, yeah, let's go. And I said, well, I like this. He said, well, take it with you. I said, I can take it with you. He said, of course, it's a library. So I got my first <laughs> library card. And so I read that. And then I got Mysterious Island was my second one. But Jules Verne really started me reading real novels, mm-hmm. not what we would call YA now, you know, which were yeah, sports. Yeah. Or, yeah. And so um, it meant a lot to me. It, the story meant a lot to me. And it was probably the first mystery, mm-hmm. you know. Who's helping them? Who's on the island? Why? Right. Where's all these strange creatures coming from? Who is who is out there? And you know, of course, it turned out to be Captain Nemo. But right. uh, but uh, it was probably the first mystery written. And Jules Verne to me was just a genius. I mean, how oh, yeah. he came up with all this stuff is just amazing. Yeah, I know. It's um, he's a favorite of mine too. I just read. Um, oh God, I'm going to blank on the title. Uh, but I've been going back. I read. I went and read some Edgar Rice Burroughs. I read some Tarzan books. I started to say that. I read Edgar Rice Burroughs after that. I read the Pellucidar series. Mm. Oh, I really? Mean, yeah, the oh. whole series. I loved Edgar Rice. Yeah. Oh, Burroughs. yeah. 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 <laughs> no, there was some great. Uh, there were, you know, yeah. and uh, today, I mean, I think if people wa- read Tarzan, they'd be very upset with the language. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, you know, the uh, definitely. I mean, but it's of its time. And don't read it. Yeah, exactly. And it's of its time. Don't change it. Just don't read it. Well, don't you, I, don't you think that that's so short sighted to people to try to sanitize that because they, of course, don't we need to know where we came from in order of to course. know where we're at? Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So. You erase history, you erase the future. Absolutely. Um, that's a great like, line. Uh, what's his name? Who did, who did, uh, Willy Wonka, you know, uh, uh, uh Dahl. Dahl, Dahl, Dahl. Yeah. Yeah. They, they changed all his books. I know. I know. But then, there was such an outcry. The publishers called back because of the, the original. Version. Right. Well, yeah, you shouldn't even have to do that. Well, I'm going to keep, you know, I have probably a lot. I'm looking at your li- your library back there and I'm looking at, at thinking about, I'm sure you have more books than the one, even the ones you have oh, in your office. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was starting to get rid of the print copies and I decided now not to. So, you know, there's a, there's a, 
there's an opportunity here. Save your old books. They oh, may, absolutely. They may, come, they may be uh, worth something. I've got hundreds of signed first editions. Oh, you do? I've oh, been collecting over yeah. years. Yeah. Books yes. are uh, what a, books what are a, special. Uh, Even though they're harder to read now because my yeah. eyes don't work as well. <laughs> well, I'm on. I'm almost always on Kindle. I am it reading me too. That's the problem. But I miss the book. <laughs> well, I do too. I do too. But it, you got to admit when you're in the middle of a book and you get a little bit weary of it, it's nice to be able to just. Hit yeah. the home button and go to another volume. I have a right. lot of short story collections on my Kindle too yeah. that I yeah. dip into. Anyway, um, we're going to wrap up here. I, I would love you guys to read or buy or all of the above anything by Mr. Lyle here. This is DP Lyle. He has, I counted 28. He says 23. I guess he would know. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I wrote him down somewhere. I'm going to write him down and call you Doug. Doug but, okay. I, but, uh, he's also, uh, consented to be, uh, a part of the, uh, Bloods Fiction 2 anthology, which I'm thrilled. I can't tell you how thrilled I am about that. I, you know, I, I, you know, I, t- I told you I was going to gush, and I haven't really yet that much, but I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> this guy is the best guy to deal with. He's so generous. He's so um, – he's a southern gentleman in every 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 definition of the word. I, it, I You know, I wish everybody was as talented and as amenable and accessible as you, Doug. You're, you're really an cr- incredible person. And I've, I'm I, almost I've, embarrassed by all you, of that, you, but you I appreciate should be. it. You should be. You're too good. I don't know what the hell to do with you. Yeah. Uh, I still hold doors and open car doors and walk on the too. street side of the sidewalk. Me you know? too. <laughs> That's right. Now, why do we right walk on the street side of the sidewalk? Yeah, it's, it's a safety issue. Well, it's also in case somebody comes by and splashes the person. Of course. You're right. So you of take course. the splash, right? But if you have a chance to see, are you coming? Are you doing any uh, lecturing coming up? Is there something? I know you've been um, to uh, SCWA a number of times. Well, well, yeah, not right now, except I'll be going to BoucherCon in San mm. Diego. That, that's not till August, but uh, uh, that'll be the first conference I've been to in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, then, um, you know, just through my podcast and my blog and all that stuff, I'm doing stuff on there. And you can find that on DP, DP dplylemd.com exactly. um, and there's all his he's got a, a a nice little website going here with bio books blog podcast radio shows etc etc yeah um i just rebuilt that a few months ago from scratch oh you did it's looking yeah. good looking good you're for some reason one of the the image of the your your bookshop images or your book your book images to the right it's not it's not um it's not aligning correctly on hmm. this in this browser. I'm on Firefox. So I don't know if that's a Firefox. Uh, thing yeah. I, uh, anyway, I usually use Safari, but I checked it on Chrome and Firefox and all those. Looked okay. Yeah, it's I'm, mu- it I'm must glad be I don't Firefox. have to do it on Internet Explorer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have a side hustle. I do. I've been doing websites for about 20 years. So um, now, did you start with HTML? Did you start with hand coding or have you always? No, like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I, I used the Apple things and then the, they kept disappearing and not supporting anymore. So finally I just went with Wix. Mm. Yeah. You it's know, a good looking. Yeah. I, I thought they were simple, easy to the point, get it done, you know, Absolutely. and they, they have good, good templates and it's, they're easy to drag and drop, you know, mm-hmm. they're easy to work with. Well, you got a lot of crap, not a lot of. Crap! You got yeah. a lot of great stuff on here, but well, it, <laughs> it would take forever. It's mostly crap. No. <laughs> no. 
Oh my God, no! I I can't believe it. I mean, I, I say it lovingly. Crap. I understand. Uh, so. Feelings aren't hurt. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's just wonderful. Okay. Well, look. Um, I appreciate you. Or appreciate you doing the podcast. I appreciate your contribution to the anthology. It'll be out hopefully this early, uh, late spring, early summer, and uh, you guys can can gush yourselves over how <laughs> how wonderful of a writer he is. And you have your Jake Longley is coming out soon. The, uh, it, the, the sixth one is coming sixth out one. May 2nd. Okay, May 2nd. It's called so. Cultured. And are are you going to be doing a book signing for that? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have anything planned right now because actually I'm going to be on a trip when that when that comes out. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to be on a paddle wheeler going down to Mississippi. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> Something we wanted to do forever. Oh my gosh, that'd From be Memphis great. to New Orleans. I can't wait. It's going to oh, be fun. Oh my lord. Yeah, that would be, that'd be great fun. I mean, uh, Mark Twain, huh? You get, you yep, get, you exactly. Go I grew up reading him. him. Absolutely. Yeah. Me too. Me too. So for myself, for, uh, for Doug Lyle, for all the men and women at Plot Points Podcast, uh, which is at, uh, plot, plotpoints.com and all over Apple and 919 scripts, you can call us. There's a phone number on the website. Uh, for all of us, uh, please be inspired and do good work. Thanks.